Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, Team Leader for the Gospel Project for Adults, and welcome to this weekly Leader Training Podcast. This week we are looking at Unit 19, Session 5, titled, The Savior is Followed. Within a few short weeks, we've studied the incarnation of the Son of God, a few stories inspired and recorded from His childhood, Jesus' baptism and His subsequent temptation in the wilderness. This week, we return to the ministry and influence of John the Baptist. In addition to his ministry of baptism and preparing the way for the Messiah, John introduced Jesus to the world as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He understood Jesus' role from the start. Jesus was the sacrificial substitute, laying down his life for his people. The next day, he made the same declaration again, calling Jesus the Lamb of God. This time, specifically telling two of his own disciples, allowing them to follow Jesus and become his disciples. The call to follow the Lamb of God is the foundation of John's gospel and the basis for the entire story of the Bible. From cover to cover, the Bible invites the reader to look at Jesus, follow him, and be saved. As the fruit of John's selfless ministry to prepare the way for the Messiah, Jesus invited his first followers into relationship with him and promised that they would experience great things. This call and promise goes forth to every believer and becomes the mission of every believer to the world. The opening explain prompt and the following discussion question for the introduction on leader page 57 will provide your group with a unique and easy icebreaker question to help get your group talking, including the visitors. In point one, we see that the Messiah invites others to follow him. Through Jesus' interactions with the people in this section of John's Gospel, we get a sense of what discipleship will mean for us today. After John the Baptist did his work of pointing his own disciples to Jesus, those disciples left to follow Jesus. At first, they were tailing Jesus, perhaps trying to get a sense of what made this man so special, that their teacher and mentor would think and speak so highly of him. But they trusted John, so they left to follow Jesus and to be with him, to stay where he stayed. That's step one of discipleship. Follow Jesus and stay near him and know him more. Step two is to share about Jesus with others, so they too can become his disciples. In the little time Andrew spent with Jesus, Andrew being one of those initial two, he became convinced of what John had said. He believed Jesus is the Messiah. But did he keep that to himself? No. He went and found his brother, Simon Peter, to tell him the good news and to bring Simon to Jesus. These are two steps of discipleship, but they are also steps in the work of evangelism. The Messiah invited Andrew to come and see who he is and to become his disciple. And that call to follow Jesus changed the direction of life for Andrew which then led him to seek out his brother and call him to the same new path of life. Jesus' call to discipleship and salvation comes to us in order to work in us and through us so others hear that same call from us to follow Jesus and be saved. In point two, we see the Messiah reveal his identity by his power. Leaving for Galilee with his two new disciples, Jesus calls a third to follow me, which yet again leads to a fourth new follower. Take the opportunity with John 1 verse 45 
to emphasize Philip's testimony to try to convince Nathanael of the value of following Jesus. Philip said, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. It is verses like these that ground the whole concept behind the Gospel Project. God worked through Moses and the prophets to teach, train, rebuke, and correct His people in the Old Testament. But He also did so to point them and all the world to the one who was to come as the fulfillment of the Old Testament law and prophets, and that is Jesus. Now, Nathaniel had his doubts about Philip's testimony, stemming in some way from Jesus' hometown being Nazareth. But Philip's reply echoes Jesus' call to the first two disciples, Come and see. When Nathaniel finally encountered Jesus, he became a witness to the awesome God of all power incarnate in a human body. The all-knowing God spoke from his omniscience about Nathaniel's physical location and personal character. And Nathaniel had nothing else to say but a confession of faith and praise. You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. This confession brings together in one statement a proclamation of Jesus' divinity and his humanity. Pack items 3 and 4 are a poster and corresponding handout that will help your group members see and understand the meanings behind the various titles for Jesus in the Gospels. There are five key passages this quarter that are dense with the names and titles for Jesus. The poster shows the correlation between these as they relate to Jesus' divinity and humanity, and the handout explains what they mean. I trust that these will be helpful resources for your group this quarter. The key doctrine for this session is on calling, with respect to evangelism leading into discipleship. The doctrinal statement explains that the call to salvation comes in two necessary ways. One, with the proclamation of the gospel, and two, with the internal call of the Holy Spirit. Both are essential to bring someone to faith in Jesus Christ. But it should be emphasized that believers are only responsible for the first of the two. We are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. This may be as missionaries in foreign lands. It may be sharing the good news of Jesus with our brother, or a neighbor down the street, or a stranger the Lord has brought into our path. We share the good news. The Holy Spirit does the internal work so the person who hears can believe. There is a tangential connection here to the work that you do as a teacher of a Sunday school or Bible study group. You have a responsibility, a calling, to share the truth of God's Word for people to hear it and understand it. You should look for ways to help God's truth connect to the lives of the people in your group. And hopefully, we are providing such ways with the curriculum you receive each quarter. But the change of heart and character within the people in your group is largely out of your control. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I say this to encourage you to make the most of your time each week in study, preparation, and teaching, but also to pray for the Lord to take the truth that you have the privilege of sharing each week and to plant it in the hearts of your group so that it grows and produces fruit in them and in you. Do your part of being faithful as a teacher, and all the while trust the Lord to do His work to bring the growth in your group. In point three, we see the Messiah promising greater things to come. Responding to Nathanael's proclamation of faith and praise, Jesus acknowledges this was a great thing, 
a display of his power. Not to be haughty, of course. That's not in Jesus' nature. But Jesus goes on to foretell greater things to come, and he does so by alluding to a story in the Old Testament. Way back in Genesis 28, the patriarch Jacob had a vision of angels ascending and descending a stairway, or a ladder, as it's been popularly understood. Though Jacob was leaving his homeland, in essence fleeing and fearing for his life, the Lord appeared to him and promised to be with him as he went, and promised to bring him back home. The Lord was reiterating to Jacob the promises that he had made to Abraham and Isaac. What was a stairway in the vision in the Old Testament is replaced by Jesus with the Son of Man in the New Testament. Jesus is the connection between heaven and earth. He is the focal point and sustainer of God's work in the world. As the writer's commentary concludes on page 63, Christians today are witnesses to even greater things. Seeing God's presence through the witness of Jesus in the Gospels, the enduring presence of the church through history, and the saving grace of God through their personal lives. So taking Jesus' promise to heart, let us look for the greater things God is doing in and through us, and let us point people to Jesus, the Son of Man, who is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father. Jesus came into the world to call sinners to repentance and to lay down his life on their behalf so that they might be saved. Likewise, as followers of Jesus, we should tell others about Jesus and call on them to turn from their sin and trust in him. Because Jesus gave up his life for us and we have committed to following him, our lives should be marked by sacrifice, just as Jesus' was. And so, we should be willing to do whatever God calls on us to do as we invest in others so that they too might become disciples of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.